0: What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelley Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate laugh and cry because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century Hello everyone. We have Hannah Yoder on the podcast today. You guys, I'm so excited. Hannah and I met on Instagram. We kind of like started a relationship and she told me her story and I was like, okay, we have to have you on. So hi, Hannah. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So she's (laughs) sitting in her car right now. so So that her, how many pugs do you have? two so her two pugs don't bother (laughs) and I'm up hiding in my room so that the animals don't bother me um so this should be interesting but I am really excited Hannah I just want you to kind of jump in you've already shared your story a little bit with me but I want you know
1: everybody else to hear it
0: as well so start wherever you would like
1: okay so um When I was younger, I have always known that I wanted kids and that I wanted to get married at a young age. I am actually only 21 and I got married at 19. Um, So in high school, my cycles have always been irregular. There has never been a time when they were actually, you know, every month. I went like a whole entire year without having a menstrual cycle. So I knew pretty at a young age that it would kind of be a rough start. Um, I was told that I had PCOS in high school. So again, I knew, okay, well, it doesn't really matter right now, obviously, but when the time comes, it's probably going to be a rough start. So, um, as soon as my husband and I got married in October of 2017, I was like, okay, let's go. (laughs) Like, let's start making the babies. (laughs) Um, so I went right ahead and I went and talked to a doctor just from knowing back in high school, being told that I had PCOS. Um, and she basically said, yeah, you probably do have PCOS. Um, let's just do some testing. So she did the insulin resistant test and she said that my numbers came back just a little bit higher than what they wanted, but it wasn't anything that was like very striking, I guess. Um, so she put me on metformin. So I was on that. Um, so then in February, that's when we first found out that we were expecting. Which obviously, the first time you found out you're pregnant, it's like very well, what's the word? It just <laughs> what is the word? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just it just was like wow. You know, I have thought about this moment my whole life. Like I'm gonna be a mom, and. I feel that with miscarriage, like you don't necessarily think about it until it actually happens to you. You, It doesn't ever cross your mind that it's going to happen. So everything was going good. Um, we went in for six weeks just for like an early ultrasound just to make sure, and everything was fine. We went in at eight weeks, and everything was fine. All my blood tests and everything came back fine. And then we went in for our 12 week and there was just something about like a 12 week appointment that you're like, okay, this this is like the real like is it's felt real, but this is going to make it so much more real. And I think it's just because there's so much talk and hype about the 12 week appointment where, you know, like, okay, if stuff's not going to go good, this is probably when it's going to go bad if it goes bad. And just the whole entire day, I was just, like, kind of on edge, and I didn't know if it was just nerves or if maybe it was, you know, God telling me, hey, prepare yourself. Something is not going to be right. So we went for our 12-week appointment, sat down, and then we did the ultrasound. Or not the ultrasound. We just talked with um, my midwife, and then she brought the Doppler. And she kept telling me over and over again, you know, if we don't find the heartbeat, it's okay. The placenta can be in the way sometimes. It's nothing to worry about. You can just come back next week. But there was just, like, something telling me, if we don't hear the heartbeat today, it's not because the placenta's in the way. It's because something bad has happened. And she looked for that dang heartbeat for, like, five, six minutes straight. And, you know, she just kept reassuring, like, it's okay, like, just come back next week. And then she said, but if you want me to, I can check to see if the ultrasound tech has an opening to get you in. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not leaving this office until. Can you imagine what that week would have been like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, because up until 12 weeks, Shelly, my stomach was huge. Like, really? every- everyone thought that I was having twins or I was just showing And, you know, usually, I mean, I guess every pregnancy is different for each woman. But a lot of people are saying, well, if you're first, like, you're really showing. And I was having morning sickness. Like, I had no signs whatsoever. There was nothing that would tell me otherwise other than, okay, I'm having a good baby. This pregnancy is good. Well, then we went to the ultrasound tech. And, you know, I've seen the movies. I'm not dumb. I know what that means when they give you that look. And she was like, okay, well, you know, your midwife will meet you back in the room. And I just, like, knew. I turned to Josh, my husband, and I was like, there was no heartbeat. And, you know, he doesn't want to believe me. He's like, it's okay. Like, don't get anything in your head. Let's just wait to see what the midwife has to say. And I was just, okay. Like, I guess I didn't want to believe myself either, so I didn't care. Like, I didn't expect him to believe me. Then our midwife came in and... She's like, did the technician tell you anything? And I was like, no. And she said, well, there was no heartbeat. It stopped at eight weeks and three days. And I was just, I, I was angry. I was sad. But I just couldn't get over the fact that for a solid month, it was just like sitting in my stomach And I didn't know. Like, I would have morning sickness. Like, my body thought I was pregnant. My stomach was growing. When she did the self exam before she did the Doppler, she said, Oh, yeah, your uterus definitely feels like a 12 week uterus, like all this. So I was just like in shock, you know? Mm -hmm. We have never, this was the first time we were going through it. So we didn't know like, how to react, and she just said, you know what, you're very distraught right now, which is very normal, just go home and wait a week and come back, and then we'll discuss options on how to handle everything. So, you know, we went home, the week passed, came back in and she said you can either do a dnc you can do medication or you can just wait it out naturally but we've kind of just cut the cord with the whole waiting out naturally because clearly my body wasn't going to do anything because it's already been a month well and just like knowing that yeah you're kidding you know what i
0: mean like i I just feel like that would be really hard to like know that your baby
1: isn't
0: viable like it's not there's no
1: life anymore and to just like
0: wait I think that would be so difficult
1: yeah and during that waiting period of that week I was still getting like all the signs of pregnancy I was still which is just an evil trick yeah it it was so tormenting and it's just a feeling that you can't explain it's just kind of you feel it and you know it and it's hard to explain how that was and so she said let's try medication and we kind of expected that she would suggest that route just because you know midwives are more natural at least mine was in my experience and you know we didn't have we didn't know what to do so we kind of just did whatever she told us. So we did medication. This miscarriage took about six and a half months for it to complete. I did like six rounds of misoprostol I think that's how it's pronounced. Um I did that and nothing worked. I finally got a DNC done That failed, which that was, like, traumatizing. Everything I remember from the DNC, I wish I didn't. I wish they knocked me out before they wheeled me into that room because just seeing everything was traumatizing in itself. And then two weeks after the DNC, I was still, like, heavy bleeding. And I just knew that, okay, this is not normal. There is no way that it needs to be as heavy as it was when I took the medication. See, I don't
0: think people realize that, like, when you hear, like, oh, she had a miscarriage. Like, people think, boom, done, she had a yeah. miscarriage. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. so many women go through this long, extended period of, like, so many different things. Yeah. It's – a lot of the time it's not just, like, a – you know what I mean? And I mean, right. it's never because there's so
1: much trauma in yeah. general from a miscarriage. But, like – Right. There's just so much more to it. Yes, for sure. So – you know, I went back and saw her and she was just kind of I think I mean I don't wanna speak for her. She was a very older lady, so I didn't I don't I don't know what to say, but she was basically like, Okay, well I don't know how to help you anymore. Like the DNC didn't work, so I don't know how to help you. Yeah.
0: And oh, so goodness. my husband
1: yeah, my husband and I are like, uh like well something's not right with my body. Like either there's still stuff stuck in me Or something's not right. And she was basically just like, well, I'm sorry. I don't really know. what. Basically, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Good luck. So I scheduled an appointment with a doctor I had seen at the very, very way before. And she didn't refer you to anyone? No. And that's looking back now. It's like, why wouldn't a midwife refer me to a doctor after so many, like, even after one round of medication not working or twice? I went Mm -hmm. through. Literally, like, six rounds of medication. And that medication is not very nice to your body. Yeah, no. So, it, yeah. So then I saw her, and she was like, wow, I wish I would have seen you sooner, like, to help you out. Um, she said we would have got the DNC done way before. Or I can't remember the term, but she said that there was um, a shot. And she said actual chem- chemo patients get this shot. I can't remember the name, but she said that should have been the answer after the DNC or all the medication not working. So, but thankfully, like a week before she wanted to do that, do the, she said, give it another week, which I was like, okay, another week of bleeding. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm living in (laughs) these maxi pads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So she said, just give it a week and see if maybe this is like the end. It's just all kind of like coming to an end. So we did that. And. Thankfully, by God's grace, I didn't have to get that shot. It, it kind of just all cleared out. They did an ultrasound to confirm it. So that was basically the first miscarriage. Oh my gosh, that's yeah a lot.
0: <laughs> and I think I think what people don't realize too is that like bleeding is a constant reminder yeah. that you're dealing with a miscarriage. So for you to bleed for that long, like yeah. that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So it was, yeah, definitely a whirlwind of emotions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then our second miscarriage, um, I think it was like a month or two, maybe three, after the initial first one had come to a complete end and my body was starting to heal again. We found out we were pregnant, and then a week later started bleeding. So I know that a lot of people refer that to like a chemical pregnancy. Um, I don't like referring it to that because I think, you know, a pregnancy is a pregnancy no matter Yeah. I no agree. matter what. So that was that. I mean I I'm thankful. I don't I don't know how to say thankful. I don't know how to word it, but I'm just glad it wasn't another six month long
0: process. Totally. No, I can completely get where you're coming from because if you went through I mean, that first one is just, that's hell, right? Yeah. I, I mean, every single one is hell, but like that one, I think you probably, I don't know. I don't even know how to, like you yeah. said, I don't know how to explain it. Like, how do you yeah. write that correctly? Like,
1: right? you, oh, I don't know. You, yeah. every, everyone listening knows what we mean now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was the second one. And literally two weeks after that, I got pregnant again with the third, with our third baby. So we found out on Thanksgiving Day, which I was like, you know what? This is meant to be because Thanksgiving was 4 years of my husband and I dating. Okay. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is it. This, you know, just like a little sign like, okay, this is it. And so we called our my doctor. So from then on out, since the first miscarriage, I have been seeing the doctor. My doctor. I did not go back to any midwives. And so we went in for our six week appointment, and there there was the gestational sac, but there was nothing inside the gestational sac and she said it's either a blighted ovium or you're just off like since on it's your from, dates, yeah, and she said, "You know since your period wasn't necessarily your period, it was your last miscarriage, the dates could be completely off, mm-hmm." So I said, okay. So, you know, we went back a week later, still nothing. Went back a week later, still nothing. Went back a third time, and there was still nothing. And she said, it's a blooded OVM, which I don't like that either. Because what? I don't even understand, like, yeah. So, really
0: why there are all these terms. You know, I know. what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I got two lines on a pregnancy test. I'm yes. <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. So then she was like, so either can do medication again or a DNC. And I was like, oh, gosh, here goes this process all over again. And um, so she said, let's just start with the medication first, because, you know, we don't like to do two DNCs just because, you know, it's scraping of your uterus. It can cause scar tissue. There's always risk with anything involving surgery wise. And she said, but, you know, if you have to get a DNC, then you have to get a DNC. We're not not going to do it just Because so I did, I think, four rounds of medication and nothing worked. Yes. So it's kind of it was it's kind of depressing because it's like, does my body like just not want to say goodbye? Like, does it not want to let go type of thing? So that was really hard to deal with physically and mentally. And so after the rounds of medication, I got the DNC again and my doctor did it. And you know, she told me afterwards. She goes, "You know, I felt like that was really successful DNC. I don't think you need to stress about anything, not it not being successful. Well, (laughs) my luck, it failed again. So I was, you know, and I guess like still thinking about it. I don't want to say like all the emotions are past tense because they are still pretty. Now, (laughs) Um, it just was like." okay, am I going to catch a break type of thing? Like when is stuff going to start going the right way? So then we did more medication and it didn't work. And then finally my body just naturally got everything out that it needed to, I guess. Um, and so then my doctor said, you know, you need to go see a, what's a reproductive and because clearly your body is getting pregnant just fine. I mean, I got pregnant two weeks after our miscarriage. Like Mm -hmm. she said, clearly that's not the issue. And I know that that's something to be thankful for, that, you know, my body, it can get pregnant. I know there are a lot of women out there that struggle getting pregnant. It's just my issue is staying pregnant, which I think is a whole – it's hard, Mm -hmm. that as well. Okay, so now we're, like, in the hands of – the specialist and he's done blood work and stuff but there has nothing like been pointed out where he's like okay this is the leading cause however after our second miscarriage sorry I'm like backtracking now no that's okay Um, my doctor said usually we don't do this test until your third miscarriage which I think is like crappy like you want to know after your first one I think so after our second one, my doctor did a like a mis recurrent miscarriage panel, like blood work. And she said that everything came back normal except my prolactin was super high. It was a 116. And she said usually it shouldn't be that high unless you're pregnant. So I don't know if maybe I got the test too like early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah kind of that's kind of what i'm thinking but she herself didn't really think okay this is why mm-hmm. type of thing but she said that my thyroid like my how did she say it like the tpo antibodies like within my thyroid were not as they should be and she said that she researched it and she says that that could be really the only cause that she can think of um i don't know how she ex- like, exactly explain it, but something with, something's not allowing my thyroid to, like, function properly, basically. no. this is your doctor, right? Not your yeah. reproductive. Okay. Then once we got in the hands of, when she referred us to our reproductive endocrinologist, he looked over my thyroid results, and he didn't really point out anything. I mean, she was referring me to him due to my thyroid level. She said she wants oh. him to look over it. Yeah. And for him to decide, but he has not said anything to me about the thyroid or anything. He even did an additional, like, thyroid panel. Yeah. And they called me back and said all my results on that were normal. Do you, like, do you know what your levels were? I don't. You should ask. <coughs> I should. Hold on one sec. I gotta cough go off again. No, that's okay. <coughs> this is why my husband comes with me to doctor appointments, because I am... Everything just, like, goes over my head.
0: I do that. No, I do that, too. And it's almost like you just trust what they're saying, you know? So, like, you kind of shut off a lot of, like, the And then, like, when you leave, at least for me, when I leave, Mm -hmm. that's when I have, like, all these questions. And so I always, like, write them down. But the only reason why I ask is because, like, I don't know if you know my, like, the depths of my story. But, like, my TSH for my thyroid Mm -hmm. was, like, barely high. And my doctor kind of, like pushed it under the rug because technically I'm in like the normal range, but my Mm -hmm. reproductive endocrinologist was the one that was like, you're just like barely over what we would want you to be at. And Mm -mm. so she's the one that put me on Okay, And after I went on that, that's when I had the successful pregnancy because I was having chemical Ugh, quotations, blah. Yeah. chemical pregnancies, yeah. um, like left and right, no problem getting pregnant, like got, right. pre- got pregnant by sneezing, literally, and, <laughs> but I just like couldn't hold on to a pregnancy, so I mean, I would ask for those numbers just to double check for yourself, but um, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to advocate for ourselves, so I feel like, for sure because all these doctors, like, I feel like miscarriage and infertility in general is such a guessing game, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like nobody really knows. Yeah. Like I feel like you're just constantly seeing doctors, and it's like everyone's just guessing on everything, and it's like, yeah. Ugh, come yes.
1: on. So, what else do they have in store for you? So, after they called us back with the thyroid results, um, we went and talked with him more, and he did um, like the chromosome tests on my oh, husband yep. and I, just to make sure that that wasn't the issue. And thankfully, our chromosomes match. There's nothing wrong within that. But now they want me after my second cycle happens. So I've already had my first one, thankfully. I didn't think that that was ever going (laughs) to come about. Yeah. And so I just have to wait for my second cycle. And then they want to do the HSG test. Mm -hmm. But my doctor (laughs) here, the one that referred us to the RE... um. She said that she doesn't think that there's anything wrong, like, with my uterus or anything. She said that once they did the ultrasounds and all this stuff, that they would have caught it or something like that. So she said there's most likely, like, nothing wrong with that. She definitely thinks it's the thyroid, but the RE isn't saying anything about the thyroid. So it's, like, two different answers going around here. (laughs) For sure.
0: I bet the RE just wants to, like wipe out all the possible you know what I mean so that like you don't get to a point where they're like let's do IVF when there could be like an easier option and a more (coughs) you know cost-friendly option um I, I at least that's kind of like what my RE did but my doctor pretty much did all the testing and the RE just kind of like looked it over
1: yeah um and
0: then came up with the thyroid option and right. after that we didn't need to see her anymore because that I mean I honestly have no idea if that's what worked or not I don't think right. you ever really know like oh why yeah. did I have a successful pregnancy now but like that's the yeah. last that's the last game plan we had anyways yeah um, but the HSG <laughs> test it's for me it was more so to check if my fallopian tubes were open, mm. um, which you would think, like, I'm getting pregnant, so obviously they're open, but with them ending so early, they wanted to make sure that it wasn't ectopic, but, like, you had ultrasounds where, like, you guys literally saw, you know, in your uterus, right? Yeah. We're yeah. like, I never had that because mine were so early, so we had to kind of, like, wipe out that right. possibility, I guess, yeah. but...
1: Yeah, Yeah. and the art. he even, you know, when we first met him, we kind of told him, sat down, told him our story, and he said, you know, statistically, your fourth pregnancy could be completely fine. He said it could just be bad eggs. Bad luck. Yeah, Yeah. and he said, I know you don't want to hear that, but Mm -hmm. it's just... It's a shitty thing to hear, but it's also like, (laughs) okay, well, like,
0: hopefully this next one does work out then, you know. Uh, My (coughs) RE kind of explained it as, you know... Let's say women have 10 pregnancies. Well, most women will have their successful pregnancies right away. And then if they were to keep going for 10 full pregnancies, you know, they'll have like miscarriages at some point where maybe I just so happen to have like my miscarriages first and then I'll go on to have healthy pregnancies next. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like the whole, and I put quotations around it again, the bad luck miscarriages because that's, right. I mean, that's just kind of hard to hear when you're having miscarriages that like,
1: yeah. oh, it's
0: bad luck. Sorry, we don't have a solution for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, of course you don't want anything to be wrong, but then mm-hmm. there's like that tiny bit of you that's like, I want Please. them to like, <laughs> yeah, like give me a reason, like something uh-huh. that can be fixed, not just... Oh, it's happening because it's happening. Yeah, and type we as, of thing. We as
0: humans, I think, have a hard time not having control over stuff, you know, and like especially emotional stuff like this, like emotional and physical. Like it's it's a huge part of your life. Like think about it, your first miscarriage took six months. Like that's a long piece of your life, and like yeah. especially when you're. So excited to start a family, to, like, have things just, like, extend that long. Like, that Mm -hmm. makes it even more difficult. But you'll get there. I promise. You'll get there. You and I have very similar stories. (laughs) And it's going to happen for you. Yeah. For sure. It's just – it's almost just kind of, like, how many hits can I take type of a thing.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the, like, most frustrating things – is after the first one you just hear all this oh it's normal like mm-hmm. so many people miscarry and they don't even know mm-hmm. and then the second one happens and they're like oh you'll have a good next one and then yeah. the next one happens and and you're yeah. like shit what now what can you <laughs> tell me now
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hear you it's not nothing about nothing about infertility no matter what way you're dealing with it is easy and it's quite the roller coaster um but good news I guess if we're like trying to look at the bright side of things is that like no matter what like your desire to become a mom is gonna outweigh anything that you go through so like no matter how you get there you're gonna get there for sure Um, it's just a battle (laughs) right
1: a hard challenging emotional mentally (laughs) oh yes oh yes So, so if you
0: had like any advice for somebody who was going through, you know, something similar to you? What would it be?
1: Um, that they're not alone. I think going through a miscarriage, it's so, so easy to, you know, of course you are going to have so many people supporting you, but it's so easy to feel completely alone um, mm-hmm. and just kind of like in a dark hole and you just feel sad. And Just know that you're not alone, and it's okay to feel sad. It's normal to feel sad, but just know that motherhood is going to happen for you no matter where or how that happens. It's going to happen, and I guess just, like, don't give up. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've actually never had somebody say, like, as a piece of advice, you're not alone, and I think Mm -hmm. that that's, like, that's huge because – that is truly probably the most powerful feeling that you have when you're going through miscarriage is it's just very isolating.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Because as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you have like planned that baby's life until it's like 18 already. Oh yeah. You have a whole Pinterest board, you know (laughs) exactly everything you have names booked out, you know what the nursery is going to look like. And then to find out that it doesn't have a heartbeat or that it's passed, Mm. it's, it's just hard.
0: It's a very robbing feeling. And I yes. I can imagine, like, I've never personally been ro- ro- robbed. You yeah. know what I mean by a burglar or anything? But I can imagine that that's a very vulnerable experience. Well, then imagine, like, your kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, that just getting ripped away from you. Like, it's even more of a vulnerable. Yeah. What, a yes. weird, what a
1: weird analogy <laughs> Yeah. No. That's a makes, weird way to put it. It makes total sense. And. Another, like, really hard, challenging thing for me was definitely, like, in my faith. Like, because, you know, know, my husband and I, we would pray and pray for our child. Like, the first one, we prayed and prayed for it to have a baby, for it to be healthy, and then it happened. And it was like, okay, wow, like, God heard my prayer, she's going to make me a mommy, and then it was taken away. And, of course, like, it's not, he's not doing it to be the bad guy or anything. It's reasons that we'll never understand and never Get to understand, and maybe we don't want to understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, so it, and then the third one, it was kind of just like pray, pray, pray. Oh, here you go. Just kidding. Take that. How did that test your faith? Um, very, very trying. It was hard because it's like, okay, he heard my prayers, he gave me the baby, and now it's taken away. But my husband and I know that you know god it's gonna live a better life up there with him Mm. and that there was something again more powerful than we can understand that is the reasoning behind why i guess
0: for sure For sure. I know. I always, I always call this my coping mechanism. Yes. You know, these podcasts (laughs) and like me sharing my story. It's my coping mechanism because in my eyes, that's my way of being like, well, maybe I was like chosen to go through this so that I could help other people. And you know what it's, it's like, that's just the way I look at it. And I'm like, maybe this is my reason. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Like you said, we'll never know, but (laughs) yeah. My like coping mechanism is actually watching YouTubers like take pregnancy tests and find out that they're pregnant. I don't know why. That is interesting because that is a lot of times a trigger for people. Yeah, (laughs) and like stuff like that, like pregnancy announcements and stuff. You know, everyone is different, but that stuff does not like trigger me at all. If anything, I'm like, thank God that they are not going through what I'm going through. So yeah, that I'm is like... such a good way to
0: look at it. And <laughs> I wish that's how I would have looked at it more often, you know, and I think uh, with time I got, but it yeah. got better, but mm-hmm. I definitely struggled with the pregnancy yeah. announcements. And I think a, a lot of people do, but I think that that's so cool that you thought of it in a way of like, Hey, they're not going through what right. i going through.
1: So that's a good thing. You know? Yeah, Yeah. But yeah, I don't know why I just watch people take pregnancy tests. And I just cry. Like I'm yeah. so happy for them when my husband, he'd be like, Why why are you watching those? Like, are you okay to watch those? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not gonna
0: lie, I watched them too, but I I don't know if it was for the same reason. <laughs> Mine might have had a little bit more trauma and probably maybe needed a therapist, but
1: it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Sure.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, there would be goodness. some times where I was like, OK, like I remember this feeling and now it's I'm like deathly afraid to take them myself. Oh, yeah. It's like I'm going to look at it and be like, you liar, like you're lying. Uh huh. Right <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: It's not. I mean, after you've gone through a loss, your next pregnancy test, it's not that it's not. Just straight excitement, like the first one was. It's, yeah, there's a whole lot of fear and anxiety and excitement, though. There's like a whole load of emotions tied Mm -hmm. to it. But I love your piece of advice. I am so thankful for your story and for you sharing it with everyone who's listening and the people around you. So thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and, yeah, just spreading a little bit of hope and courage. Of course. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You bet. Let's keep in touch. And... Oh, wait. You know what? If people want to follow you, where could they do so? Because I know people after listening to this are going to want to tag along. Okay.
1: Um, My Instagram is probably the best. It's, I think it's hanyoder17. And I can put it in the
0: description I'll link it in the description of this podcast too to make it easy for people but
1: thank you so much we will chat soon of course thank you so much Shelly you bet
0: thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you this is a LAM fam you guys we're not in this alone we're creating this ripple effect together